We're just ordinary people living ordinary lives until we see someone on TV win a $25,000 prize. Come on down. I'll play any game for 10 seconds of fame. Come on down. I'll make a deal just let me spin the wheel. Come on down. To win a million bucks, all you need is a little luck and thorough knowledge of multiple disparate trivial subjects. All right, welcome back to an all-new episode of Come On Down, the game show podcast that is currently taking place across two households in the Dallas-Fort Worth region. And that is due to the fact that it seems like a whole bunch of God's dandruff is floating around in the sky outside right now. Right, we've got a winter storm warning. We've got a winter storm going on in Texas Mm -hmm. right now, and it is winter. Uh, So it makes sense. It would be really weird if it was like a fall storm right now, but it is indeed a winter storm. Mm -hmm. And the warning is still in effect, even though it's happening right now, which is a little strange to me. Yeah, they're they're warning us that the whole world is covered in white snow right now. Right. And don't drive because we don't know how to deal with that here because it's Texas. Yeah, uh, yeah, a huge, huge pileup happened uh, last week. It was really bad. So yeah, so we are safely distanced. Mm. It's weird and too because we are actually in the same place, but we need to show we we can't be bad role models. We need it's to, a solidarity thing, right? We need to pretend like we are distancing, but you are actually in the other room, and as you can tell, our our rooms look very similar. I'm sure. Um, is, does yours have a, a, a ridiculous teal, bright teal walls painted? Uh, yeah, uh, actually, no. We had to repaint these walls uh, to okay. make it look like we were distancing. I'm uh, behind a nice red bookshelf and a cream textured wall. I'm in front of like a, an old bookshelf with a bunch of uh, my wife and I's book collection hanging around on it. Wow, we get to so, read. That's cool, dude. So, so we've got things like... The New York City Ballet book, right next to the baseball book. <laughs> and by the way, th- that's the name of both of those books. I'm not just saying that like that's what those books are about. That is the name of those two books that are right next to each other on the shelf. As I, I have, turned around, I would like to share some of my books that I have. Oh yeah, um, LSD, My Problem Child. Okay. And the Koran. <laughs> what <laughs> is it like? A is that in the original translation? Yes, it's very... I have not been able to read it because I don't know how to speak the language, but I thought it would look cultured that I have another um, religion's text in my bookshelf. Wow, congratulations, man. Thanks, man. Um, So today we're going to be talking... uh, Another first for us is we're going to be talking about a game show that nobody's ever heard of before. That's the other other twist on this episode. Um, And that game show is called elevator this would have been a perfect spooky like um halloween episode yeah but Uh, well they tried to make another one but uh christmas post christmas evader didn't roll off the tongue it didn't get picked up yeah i mean you know those things are those pilots are always a crapshoot um but this one elevator did exist for real um and we are going to talk all about it as much about it as we can today. <laughs> I'll say that. Uh, first off, I think you emailed me over a sponsor. Is that right? That's correct. We did lock down another sponsor. Again, wow. a new one. but Again, least... surprising. Mm-hmm. But at least we're and getting these sponsors rolling in, you know. And so we'll jump into this part right now. If you're listening and you'd like to skip forward, we're at about the four and a half minute mark right now in the podcast. And I assume mm-hmm. this will be done by about... 7.30 in your timeline. Uh, so you can just go ahead and I'll, I'll make sure to make a note of that. All right, uh, I've pulled it up. I'm going to go ahead and then start with my first line here. Hey, Motney, what's the worst feeling ever? When my poops drop too much with too much force and all the water splashes up to my butt. Same. What if I told you that today's sponsor has a quick and easy fix? Sign me up. The poop shoot is the answer to your problem. How does it work? 
After filling out their online application, you'll receive a package in the mail that contains your kit with the insertion liquid and poop shoot. Then what? Great question. Um, right before you do the do, and I don't believe that's talking about drinking an ice-cold Mountain Dew beverage. No. Uh, right before you do the do, just squirt a little... Jesus Christ. Just squirt a little of the insertion liquid into your butt. Then insert the poop chute directly into your beehole. Wait, how does that help keep my butt nice and dry? The poop chute is a six-inch long hollow tube that has a slight curve at the end. Looks like a lar- <laughs> looks like a large elbow macaroni. The poop is caught at the bottom where where the curve is, and then easily slides out into the water, keeping your tushy nice and dry. Wow, so easy. What are you doing? Uh, and each chute lasts for three poops. Just place the chute in your dishwasher and you're good to go, fo to mo. Good to go, oh. fo to mo. Awesome. Our listeners get 15% off their first poop chute kit when they use the code come on down slowly and slide into the water nice and gentle like. That's the whole code. Come on down slowly and slide into the water nice and gentle like during checkout. Poop chute. A dry butt is a happy butt. Wow, so thank you <clears throat> to Poop Shoot. God, you know, the good news is that if there are any other, you know, more legitimate companies <laughs> that would like to sponsor us, uh-huh. they could uh, they could listen back to the last two and a half minutes and decide, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I think that they would say that, that would have been a, very, a big mistake. A very creative um, uh, writer wrote mm-hmm. this and mm-hmm. they are just filling time until they can get you know a more family-friendly sponsorships so so then they might reach out to the very real poop shoot people who wrote that and express uh, their concern correct <laughs> okay very very creative i would say <laughs> anyway we're at the 7:30 mark so we're done with that you can start you can unplug your ears which i which i could retro retroactively go back and recommend that everybody skip forward past that uh, instead of putting yourself through that. Uh, and I would w- say make sure you check it out and uh, enter in the code. What was the code again? Honestly, I've already deleted the file from my computer just so there was no evidence <laughs> in case the police come around. Okay. But it had something to do with come on down. Sure. Um, yeah, so thanks to Poop Shoot. Anyway, today... We're talk. We're gonna be talking about a show that might as well have come out of the poop shoot, if you know what I'm saying. Nice, um, because it's really good and uh, delicious. And this <laughs> show was called Elevator. Had how did you hear about this show? Because you told me about this show. So I went online to the internet, yeah. right, and I typed in weirdest game shows. And okay. this is one that popped up. And I, and I like Bloomhouse stuff. I believe Bloomhouse produced it. Yeah. Um, they always have really good scary movies. So I was like, I'm interested and I'll check it out. And uh, yeah, that's how I found it. Yeah, this was interesting because this is the first um, and probably only TV game show produced by Bloomhouse. Uh, Bloomhouse Productions, founded by Jason Bloom. Most known for low budget horror movies or and or lower budget horror movies. <laughs> yeah. Um over the last 10, 15 years or so. But in the year of our Lord, and by of course by our Lord I mean Satan, uh-huh. um, two thousand and fifteen. The game show network or what it has been rebranded as GSN because it's more than just game shows. It's Hellevator um, debuted in October of 2015, this program. So the show is hosted by these two lovely women. Yeah. 
Um, they're referred to as the Twisted Twins, mm-hmm. I believe. Not the Twisted Sisters. No, that was a copyright situation just waiting to happen. Yeah. Um, so it's the Twisted Twins, and their real-life human names are Jen and Sylvia Soska. Soska? So they are, Soska? like, Russian? Um, they're some sort of European, but actually they're Canadian. Okay. <laughs> They've got like a, an Eastern European heritage, but they're Canadian. Okay. And so they wanted to be actresses, I guess. Um, they Don't auditioned, we all? They auditioned for some stuff. I think they were dissatisfied with their typecasting as um, typical twins or something like that. Yeah. But... Uh, it, when you're going out to auditions as twins, I think it's weird that you'd be surprised to be typecast as the twins on the show. Um, and so they decided they want to go to film school. They went to film school in Canada, which is, I don't know, Canadian film school is like film school junior, I guess. Um, <laughs> so they went there and they, for their final student project, decided to make a horror film that they called Dead Hooker in a, in a Trunk. Dead Hooker in a Trunk. I'll say that again just for clarity's sake. Uh-huh. Was the name and what, the was the, what was the tagline for that movie? Was there a tagline? I don't. I assume it was there. Yeah, uh, you read that correctly, comma, yes, there's a dead hooker in the trunk. Yeah. Um, it's kind of an uplifting story about a young boy with uh, cancer whose dog dies um, and a local... Um, hooker hooker who is killed and dead in a trunk uh, is reanimated Mm. and comes back to befriend him and tell him you know no judgment for having cancer I know most people judge you and think you're a real piece of shit because you have cancer but but I don't and I'm a dead hooker so that was kind of the the through line of that film but um, they made it they kind of showed it around at festivals and things like that. Obviously it was very low budget, a few thousand dollars and they got on the, you know, low budget horror scene, kind of grindhouse type of cinema. They got some level of notoriety from this film. It got rejected from a lot of film festivals uh, because it was titled dead hooker in a trunk. (laughs) So, so that yeah. was one of the stumbling blocks it faced, but um, it I respect it, did... it. You know exactly what you're getting into when you go to see that movie with your kids, and it's going to be easier to get them emotionally prepared for what they're going to watch. You know, you watch. I don't know. You, uh, uh, I don't know, like Hellraiser is another good one. You know exactly what you're getting into there. Ernest John goes dies to at camp. the end. That's a film. Yeah. Yep. John dies at the end of that one. Um, spoiler alert. Right. So I, I, I have a level of respect for their brashness with the title. They also would go on to write, direct, and produce and appear in um, a film called American Mary. That was a bit, a bit bigger, a bit of a broader uh, audience for that one. They also directed a movie called See No Evil 2. <laughs> the follow-up, of course, to See No Evil 1. Uh-huh. Oh, and it was called See No Evil 1? Yeah, it, when it came out, it was called See No Evil 1. Okay, so they were... I think that's they, a pretty bold move. They, yeah, they clearly know they were going to be more made. They were very, very confident. Yeah. And, and yeah, they, uh, they consider themselves kind of Hitchcockian. They put themselves in all of their films... In uh-huh. some sort of role, you know, usually as twins, which is kind of <laughs> ironic considering they were upset about that originally. Yeah. Uh huh. Um. And yeah, that's that's who the twisted twins are, Jen and Sylvia Soska. And they are our hosts, our master of ceremonies, our torture cell prison guards, basically, yeah. of this show. Elevator. If you've ever seen 
the movies uh, what are the movies called where the people wake up in a room and there's a guy making them pay for their sins what heaven hell no and they're very gory movies um and the, it's always like really elaborate things that these people are placed in like there's a, a head cage and you have to find the key it's buried under a whole bunch of needles in a room like i i don't know it sounds like that movie Damn with it. that puppet guy you yes know, who yes tells you yes what to do oh is that what's who you sure what you're talking about saw. yeah what's the name yeah saw okay that's okay that's the style of this show somebody far away in a room with cameras watching them dictating their next move that is what this show is set up is yeah that's pretty accurate um it is uh, the best way to i would describe this i think saw is probably a pretty good representation um i would describe it as a haunted house meets an escape room yeah uh meets a game show that's pretty much what this show is mm-hmm. so obviously the titular elevator is quite involved um it's a portmanteau of hell and elevator if you haven't gotten there yet <laughs> and i'm pretty sure that's where this game show started is somebody said elevator <laughs> and then they said hmm, what is that what could that be and they eventually said game show uh, and then they figured it out from there. I think this is probably the game show that we've done with the fewest episodes <laughs> ever. Because there were two seasons of this show. The first with eight episodes and the second with four episodes. Uh-huh. So not a super long running show like a To Tell the Truth or uh, A Wheel of Fortune or something like that. Yeah. Just 12. But I mean, they always say quality over quantity. And what they went for here was neither. Well, so, see, I, I, I just want the audience to know that I'm coming in with a different perspective. I thought, although there were flaws present, this was a very entertaining show. Well, I'm glad that we can have this sort of important adult discussion about this, I guess. <laughs> so... The way the show worked, it, it differed a good bit between season one and two, although the core premise was the same. The contestants, which is a group of people that is normally like chefs. That's an episode that we were both able to watch in its entirety because this show is difficult to find anywhere. Yes. So it's a group of chefs. There's a group of cheerleaders, a group of band members, whatever it is. This group of people is together. And they are placed in the elevator after a walk through a little bit of, a, you know, a haunted house type of area where they'd yeah. have act- actors jumping out at you and scary sounds and flashing lights and things like that. Right. So they enter the elevator. The elevator closes behind them. It has a TV screen in there, which introduces them to the Twisted Twins, who tell them a bit about today's game. And there's always a different theme based on a kind of story or legend. This is about, you know, a butcher who goes crazy and starts cutting up his family members and putting them in his sausages. And that's, that is an example of one episode theme. And I'm using that one because, again, that's the one episode that we were both able to find and watch in its entirety. Uh-huh. Um, but there were also other similar stories like that like a you know almost like a sweeney todd type of thing or or you know an an escaped insane asylum person is out on the loose and so the theme of each episode and all of the games in each episode uh tied together so in season one there were three contestants all in the elevator together and there were each one of them had to do one Uh, game or challenge or whatever it was and it would be something along the lines of okay you are in the evil barber's barbershop haunted barbershop thing and you now have three minutes to find a straight razor and shaving cream and blah 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 and blah 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 and blah 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 and return it all to here and get back in the elevator before time expires and it would be a creepy 
escape room type thing where there are people jumping out at you as you're searching it, scary noises being made, things falling from the ceiling, blood raining on you, etc., etc., to distract you and scare you and slow you down before you could make it back to the elevator if you were able to complete your objective and make it back and get X amount of dollars based on whatever accomplishing that goal is worth. Yeah. Um, The difference in season two, and this is a really strange difference that I didn't understand, is that instead of three contestants, there were four. But right after the whole plot and setup and spooky story is introduced, one of those four people is taken away and kept in basically a jail cell, which was called um, The The Inferno. And the other three people's job is to do these things to save that person. Meaning the one person who gets taken away and put in the jail cell at the beginning literally does nothing for the entire game show. Not at any point. Not if they rescue them at the end. That person has to do anything. No, that person is completely out of play and does nothing. They're a game show contestant who just stands in a jail cell the entire time. Which was weird. The one that we watched, it was Uh the only black girl in the entire group. That is true. What do you think that means? Uh, I just think it's unfair stereotypes. I think it's unfair to her as someone who was asked to come onto a game show and then stand in a room. A hot room, by the way. The Inferno uh, yep, there was, was a some fire hot around room. It. Uh-huh. So that made no sense to me. Right. And so in season one, if you went to do your task and failed did not complete it in the allotted time and make it back to the elevator, you were killed. I believe that is just uh, a game show term, uh, a TV movie magic type of thing. I don't Uh think they were actually killed, but they were eliminated from the game show and never seen again. Oh, so they were, they essentially disappeared. Yes. They were never seen again by the people who worked on the show or just by their friends and family or both. Honestly, I can't say for sure. Definitely the people on the show, uh-huh. but potentially anybody else. I haven't checked the missing person magazine that comes in the mail every once in a while. You recently. get the magazine. You get the magazine version? Yeah. I mean, it's got, you know, some fun crosswords and stuff like that about missing people that you can do also. So uh-huh. it's it's a fun time for the whole family. And do they have coupons for any cool swag that they, uh, or any merch that they have where it's like, you know, actual missing people's faces that you get to wear on a shirt, but it says like, you know, member got milk. It says got milk on the front, and then <laughs> yep, <laughs> the picture. And then the it has their information, it. and it has it actually uses one of those um, like age progressed photos. <laughs> yeah, where they just guess what a six year old who's been missing for twenty years might look like at twenty six. Yeah, and they always use they I, I feel like they always use the variable of a normal life. What would a this person look like after a normal life? Not like as a prisoner psychological yeah. Yeah. Psychological distress and, you know, potential physical harm. They've got a mohawk now for sure. Absolutely. They look like the twisted twins who they kind of looked like and again, I'd like to re- uh, reinforce that this was twenty fifteen. They mm-hmm. kind of looked like what uh, a girl in the mid to late 90s who wanted to be edgy and gothy would look like. Like the black sheer yeah. long sleeve shirt thing with, you know, a black lacy camisole underneath and a choker, like a tight black choker around their neck and uh-huh. white. And red and, hair. Yep. Red hair for sure. Um, so that's pretty much what they look like. You can, you can probably take my description and then Google them later and say, yep, that's what I was picturing. Like, I'm pretty (laughs) confident in the description that we just provided right there. (laughs) Right. Don't you think? Don't you think they look like exactly what you would think they would look like? Yes. Correct. Uh, with a slight Eastern shift in their, uh, faces, that that's exactly what they look like uh, and Canadian 
and they apologize a lot for the way they look right the half of the top half of their head is not connected to the bottom half of their head <laughs> so it's a terrence and philip thing <laughs> right um yeah so in season one those people are eliminated in season two if you fail you are sent to the inferno with the black girl um <laughs> yeah <laughs> or whom or whomever in right what which episode is sent to the inferno mm-hmm. and the goal of the remaining people is to get the people out of the inferno for the inferno run which comes up at the end and in this season one it was to escape the labyrinth which is what their ending thing was called so those they're i mean more or less they're basically the same in um season one who whoever survived made it to the end whether it was one two or three people did the labyrinth which was three rooms that you kind of had to solve in an allotted time limit to escape and make it back to the elevator in season two when it was the inferno there were seven rooms each one themed to one of the seven deadly sins Mm. and gluttony wrath greed um porn watching no. sloth is one of them uh-huh um, um panda bear envy is a second nope envy is one of them mm-hmm. um, and jamaican yes that's it that's the seven panda bear and jamaican were the other two <laughs> that we were missing so each of the each of the rooms in the inferno run was themed to one of the seven deadly sins you had seven minutes to get through all of them the catch was some of the rooms for completing them, you got money. And one of the rooms for completing it, you got a key to the Inferno cell to free your teammates that are locked up in the cell. Your teammates that suck because they couldn't complete their task. Correct. Who are just super thankful to have you as a friend or fellow cheerleader or whatever you are. Mm-hmm. So... The catch was, in season two, if you found the key, you could continue moving on to the next room and not, if you felt like you had enough time left and could earn more money before letting your teammates out of the cell, you could continue on. If you went and unlocked the cell with the key, you all just had to book it straight for the elevator to escape at that <laughs> point. Yeah. Um, so that was the little choice you had to earn more money. You could earn up to like $50,000 on the show, I think season two. They brought it down to $40,000. But, I mean, a decent amount for three or four people for basically doing a escape room puzzle. Yeah. Um, and that's basically the show. I thought there... I guess to some extent they probably told the contestants to play up the fear a bit is my guess. Yeah. Because they were really strongly reacting to these spooky ghost people that are jumping out to try and scare them and corner them in rooms and things like that. Well, and I mean, some people are just super jumpy like that. You know, I would say um, I've been through a couple haunted houses where, you know, one of the people in the group cannot take jump scares at all. And so they're just freaking yeah. out the entire time. Yeah, that's definitely true. It just felt like everybody was like that um and i mean i get it felt like from the the editing of the show felt a little suspicious at times (laughs) and you know because they're they've got this elevator each of the uh challenges is on a different floor so they're on the elevator going to this floor going to that floor whatever i mean my guess just as a you know, crazy observer here is they didn't actually have five floors worth of <laughs> set dressing and things like that is they put them in this sealed room so that they could kind of move around the walls on the outside of the room and then let them go back out afterwards. Yeah. So like, I think they could have all of the different rooms set up, but then just, rearranged the way the hallways were set up to direct them into different places each time the elevator doors opened and onto a quote-unquote different floor um so i i I don't believe 
that there was even a fiery prison cell at all. It all seemed like fake Hollywood magic to me, <laughs> is what I'm saying. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, I I uh, I think that's a pretty decent summation of the game as a whole. And I well, let's let's jump into. Uh, sorry, I'll let you finish. Go no, ahead. no, this you go. You go ahead. I want to. I want to know what we should visually. jump into. Yeah, I want to jump into likes and dislikes. Likes and dislikes. That's okay. Um, I I like. That I want was, you to talk about what you like about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that it's something different. You know, um, this was definitely not your typical game show. It was they were able to take something that was, um, you know, uh, a somewhat stimulating physical challenge um, and turn it into. A game show format i i like the idea of escape rooms i enjoy doing escape room type things problem mm-hmm. solving so i like seeing people try and problem solve i've seen you know other similar type of shows in the past and have enjoyed them um what i didn't like i i didn't like the twisted twins man um <laughs> i felt well, like what's their backstory do, do we ever get do we, do we know why they're doing this to people? Do we know? They're twisted. Come on. What, and they're twins. What more do you need to know? Uh, I don't think so. I think so. My problem is they're very, and I guess this is kind of the character that they are as people, is it's, you know, they're not disturbed by this stuff. They kind of relish in it. They're kind of calmed by it. They're very mellow about everything that's going on. And so for the host of the show, and I understand that that is their character as weird, sinister type of people. Um, but for the host of the show, it's hard to keep, you know, the the energy going and moving things along when it's like, oh, I bet they like these snakes that we've hidden here, don't you think? <laughs> no, yeah, no, 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 no. Really you got to do slithery. Yeah, well, better than that. They would always have really, really low-hanging fruit wordplay essentially or puns that they would say um give a good example yeah um so let's use the snake example so they were they would drop a snake in a room and the person hated snakes in the inferno room and the it would cut to the twisted sisters and the twisted sisters would say something along the lines of ah i bet she would want to slither away right now I hope she doesn't get hysterical. That was an actual one from the show. Yeah, I do remember nice. that. Yeah, so that was the kind of hosting work that they would. It was almost it. I and again, I get it because that's the that's the whole character that they play. They're kind of they kind of consider themselves um, a spiritual successor to like an Elvira, Mistress of the Damned, or whatever. Or mm-hmm. um, Vampira, who was kind of... Uh, it's fun. I just watched the movie Ed Wood last night. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Pretty solid Tim Burton, Johnny Depp film from the early 90s, back before they were all the same and boring. Tim Burton, Johnny Depp films, I mean. But mm-hmm. um, it was based on a true story, and the character there there was a character who was portraying Vampira, who kind of hosted those these, like monster movie night type of things you know like how we have now the best thing we have comparatively is like that tbs dinner and a movie or whatever it was where there's somebody like between the commercial breaks we'll talk about like oh Oh, yeah um so it's kind of like that but it's like each one is like introduced by vampira who's like tonight we're going to tell you the spooky tale of a man who turns into a werewolf blah 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 blah. ha 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 and then they go into the movie and then, you know, the commercial breaks, they have these little, you know, intermissions where Vampira or whatever, like Vincent yeah. Price did did this for a long time for these type of B-horror films on TV. That but reminds yeah. me of like Tales from the Crypt. Yes, exactly. Tales from the Crypt. So that they kind of consider themselves to be in the spiritual vein of of that type of character. The okay. Crypt Keeper or the Elvira, the Vampira. So 
I get it. Like I said, I get it. I just feel like there there needs to be somebody that is more the voice of the audience. You know, like, oh, God, slow, no, what, the, the snakes are after him, or, you know, something along those lines that keeps the energy up. Yeah. For the casual viewer. I'm sure for the person who is, who would normally be a fan of the Soska sisters, <laughs> this is great and perfect. But the amount of people that that is, I think, isn't very high for a typical I, I think GSN outside, program. I think outside of the Solska sisters, it's nobody. What I you, think, you don't think all the fans, acclaimed fans of the Solska sisters. <laughs> oh man, I gotta find a way to watch that film. What do you think Ebert said about it? He probably gave it uh, two dildos up. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Um, cause that's how he would rate stuff, right? He would have big old dildos that he would, I think that's right. Kind of flop around in the air if he liked it, or he would kind of droop them like a sad penis if he didn't like the film. Yeah. But so, so as, as we mentioned, this was produced by Bloom house, um, founded by Jason Bloom, who I think kind of di- discovered them through their early work, the Soska sisters. And it, and it probably wasn't him Googling uh, pictures of dead hooker in trunk <laughs> and then accidentally came up on her website. It was uh, uh, it, some somebody uploaded the entirety of dead hooker in a trunk to Pornhub and <laughs> and he was not expecting it to be a feature film. Let's put it that way. Uh-huh. Right. And he liked it um, a lot. Yeah. And it's and he was you know, used to seeing porn, searching for porn. So when he went to the premiere, when they did their a couple of their premieres, he was fully erect throughout the entire thing in the audience. Wow. That's interesting. That's a little, yeah, known, it's, that's a little known fact. Yeah. It's this thing that happens to your brain. I did four psychology classes in college. So didn't you major in if, psychology? No, I, I said I did four psychology classes. Majoring in psychology is like Michael Scott declaring bankruptcy. You, you're just like, you just proclaim that this is what you want to study, but actually doing the work. So what is your what is what does your college diploma say on it? A bachelor's of science in psychology. Okay, I just, I just wanted to be clear there. <laughs> yeah, I did more than four classes, but yes. Yeah, uh, that that is an interesting psychological phenomenon that that I was unfamiliar with. Yeah, um, but yeah, so Jason Bloom, Bloomhouse, they, I mean. You know, so diverging from Bloomhouse uh, a little bit, but staying in the genre is the elevator reminded me a little bit. And I don't know that I've ever seen this movie. I think I've seen pieces of it on TV before, but it's from about 10 years ago, this M night Shyamalan movie called devil that I think it took place mostly in an elevator of a building. At least that's what I remember it most for is an elevator. Yeah, definitely took place in an elevator. You know the movie oh, I'm talking about? Oh, this is about? cool. Uh, well, no, I had to look it up. I don't. Okay. I don't think I've seen this movie. But the poster is a uh, a dark, ominous, like silver um, elevator doors. Uh huh. And there's a little bit of red light shining through. They're cracked just a little bit, and the sh- the red light that's shining through makes an upside down cross. Whoa! This is. That is basically a a elevator, like that's almost that seems like what a elevator should be. So yeah, I guess I'm right in associating the two in some way in my brain. But so, what do you think? This was obviously a Jason Bloom, Bloomhouse production. What do you think an M Night Shyamalan game show would be like? Ooh, everything would be the same, except the killer in the story the running narrative would be one of the people performing the game show. So one of the contestants is actually yes. the mad butcher who butchers his family. Right. And he has been slowly trying to derail their efforts throughout the entire show. Ooh. Okay. And then however much money you win, you actually owe that money at the end. That's the twist. Also, <laughs> you, you, yeah, you owe exactly. us $40,000 now. Yeah, gotcha. Thanks for coming on to our game show. Shyamalan again, damn it. 
Um, yeah, but Bloomhouse, they did Paranormal Activity. You remember oh, that? Oh, wow. Okay. So, Absolutely. So that, that was, franchise has got to be worth a billion dollars at this point. So I know that Paranormal Activity 1 on a return of an on investment level is the number one movie in history. It was made for $15,000. Wow. It made $193 million. (laughs) So this is like buying into GameStop at the right time, basically. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I feel like was, I feel like the movie before that held this was Blair Witch. It had to be right. Probably. Because, yeah, Blair Witch Project was, like, about 10 years earlier, and it was the same very low-budget, very successful movie sort of thing. Um, yeah. It kind of broke that whole genre open, that, like, that sub-genre of horror movies right. where it was, like, an amateur team filming stuff. Yeah, there is a lot of um, this genre of horror that, like, like I said, that micro-budget type of thing that Paranormal Activity was, which was kind of put Bloomhouse big on the map. Um, and what the Soska sisters do there, there is a world for that. There is a, some sort of cultural phenomenon there with it. It reminds me of, um, Gabe on the office, uh, was the type of person that would really appreciate this, this really weird, really like, uh, you know, a horror movie for us is like Halloween or, you know, Friday the 13th or something. But for, yeah. for these people, it's like the horror is this person has to slowly chew off their arm with their own teeth to escape the <laughs> shackles in this prison. And, yeah. and, you know, that takes place over 85 minutes or something. Yeah. And the those fans uh, who are probably generally weird people <laughs> really enjoy that sort of thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they, it's it's gore porn, essentially. Yeah, torture porn, gore porn, that sort of things that you can do with a super low budget because then you can kind of film it all in one room um, yeah. with a couple camera setups, and, and that's basically it. That kind of, it's it yeah, it's, it's almost like that kind of grindhouse type of cinema but for from a very base horror creepy spooky perspective and i don't know much about this genre at all so i'm not any sort of expert to speak on it but it's out there and gabe from the office liked it (laughs) i remember there was an episode where he was dating um ellie kemper's character and she always wanted to watch wally and he always wanted to watch these really weird films (laughs) <laughs> so he came to a compromise that they could watch this movie about some trash eating murder robot or something like that. So <laughs> that it's got something for both of them. Yeah. Um, but Blumhouse has also done the purge series of films. Happy death day. Those two movies. The first one was better than the second. I thought, um, but they've also produced things such as Get Out, which is an Academy Award-nominated film. Yeah. And also Whiplash, which was a phenomenal film. Uh, yeah. And Black Klansmen. So they, you know, kind of have branched out of the specifically low-budget horror thing. Still generally lower-budget films. They're not doing any Marvel movies or anything like that. Yeah. And I think they were involved in the recent um invisible man with um you know peggy from Mad Men, elizabeth moss which you know that's a that's a mid-budget film so so they're they're stretching their legs a little bit but they do some good stuff um what did you i mean they did they did m night Shyamalan's the visit and speaking as someone who enjoys horror movies but has not been able to get into them because i didn't like the shift the genre did when it went into the torture porn. And I feel like it had been the saw type of stuff. Yeah. I feel like that it had been in that most movies that came out had been in or around 
that style. I didn't like it. And also M. Night Shyamalan, I felt, kind of fell off the cliff. Right. I, I didn't really keep up with his movies very much. They might have been good, but he fell off my radar. And then Jonda and I watched The Visit, and I thought it was really good, insanely creepy, and had me... The, the twist at the end was, was, I thought, very good as well. Is that a recent one? Uh, recent-ish, yeah. I think that one was... 2015, it turns out. So not super recent. But it's one of his more... M.I. Shyamalan's recent movies. Oh, is this him. where the weird-looking people are outside of their house or something like that? No, this is when the kids go to visit their grandparents. And the grandparents are acting very strangely throughout their entire visit. Huh. I'm not familiar with it. Did you ever, did you, you might have remembered there's the, in the, in the actual trailer, it showed the grandma asking the little girl to climb into the oven to clean it. And then it shows her like slamming the door shut on the oven. That sounds terrifying. Yeah. It was crazy. And she um, cleaned it real good though. Um, okay, that's that was what I was gonna ask because yeah, what's the point if you're not gonna get a good oven clean out of it? It, right. it has it's a like sixty percent gonna... on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I'm telling you, it was a good movie. Ooh, it has Catherine. It was Hahn a classic. It. it was a classic, not for a lot of the movie, but yes, she is in it. Okay, most of the movie is the kid. Like ninety five percent of the movie is the two kids and the grandparents. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, I didn't know that Bloomhouse did that as well. I mean, they seem to do everything at the moment. Their name is everywhere. Well, you got to diversify, you know, that's smart. You can't just have all your money in GameStop. You got to have it in GameStop and AMC and Nokia, you know, right. these, these companies that are very successful and not on their dying right. last breath. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I, I liked, you know, happy death day. I thought that was a good, fun, low-budget horror. The, I've got a problem in that I like I enjoy something like that. I've got a wife who does not like being scared. Yeah. So, I classic woman. Kind of wow. Kind of ironically, one of our first you know times that we hung out was at a um, a haunted corn maze. It was just you two there. No, there was a few other people. Oh, okay. And it was a, but it was a haunted corn maze. Mm-hmm. And that's Got that part. Yeah, right. And it was okay. You so know? the corn was haunted. The corn was each corn kernel. No, the corn was, was delicious. Haunted corn. It was great. Oh, okay. There were, it was just a maze in a, in a field. And then there would be like, you know, little kids that were probably, you know, the farmer's children dressed up in as <laughs> mummies jumping out at you and things like that. It wasn't, you know, the... I feel like the mummies is not on genre for haunted corn maze. I kind of feel like you're you're putting in too much, too many different uh, themes there. So what what should it be? People dressed up as haunted fruits and vegetables. Uh, first of all, a spooky gourd that would be scary. That would be scary as hell. But also, how about children of the corn? Ooh, okay, I get it. I see how that ties in together. So each child is dressed as a giant corn, steaming corn kernel okay. that's about to pop. Uh-huh. And uh, so you have to run away because you don't want to get a, a tiny corn kernel explosion on you. That makes sense. I hadn't thought of it that way before, but that's smart. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but since then, she's not been to any sort of haunted house or haunted anything with me. <laughs> she refuses. The things that we do to, you know, impress people or make them like us. Right. Initially. Right. Um, and you know, it's like, that was her version of me not pooping or farting around her for two years. Okay. You know, it's like two full years. Basically. Yeah. I mean, like you, you find ways to avoid, you know, pooping at their place for sure. So when, when I was first staying over at Jonda's place, I had to poop really, really bad uh-huh. in the morning. Um, and that next morning, I was like, I can't. Because her bathroom was right next to her bed. Uh-huh. So I can't 
I felt embarrassed going in and turning the fan on because then I'm like, she knows exactly what's going on. Right. My poops aren't super quick. I don't want to be in there for a long time right. while she's She'll laying know. in bed being like, right. It's an experience. So I, I left and I went to the closest 7-Eleven, driving as fast as I possibly could. Disgusting. Because, right. Um, luckily, there were no squirrels that ran out in front of my car. <laughs> right. Because it would have been... I mean, if I had a poop shoot, it would have looked like a busted water pipe, not wow. you know, a nice sliding Gross. out uh, dump. So, but I made it there in time and had a great poop. And then I, I came right back with coffee, uh, coffee for me and a, and a nice beverage for her. Smart. So you made it look like you were just running out to do a nice, cute little breakfast. Right. For 35 minutes. <laughs> well, there's a long line. <laughs> Yeah. A lot of people. There was a long line on this on this Sunday at eight thirty a.m. There were a whole bunch of people. There were a lot of guys that just fucked and were looking to impress <laughs> with, a, with a glass of coffee from Seven Eleven. <laughs> right. Yeah, as as there always is. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I I also remember the the first time I went to meet Erica's uh, parents. Mm-hmm. So she, they lived like, you know, 45 minutes, an hour away and I'm driving over there and I, it, you know, it starts growing inside of me. Um, what does your love for Erica? <laughs> yeah. Um, later that happened, but at this point <laughs> in time, a poop. And, okay. and so I remember having to, uh, pull off and stop. Like I was like, Oh, Hey, I'm like 15 minutes away. And then I realized, like, oh, no, I have to poop. And I don't want to be like, hi, it's nice to meet you. Where's your bathroom? And then disappear <laughs> for 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I, like, find a McDonald's and stop and go into this McDonald's. And then, you know, the, the um, 15 minutes away turned into, like, 30 minutes. And she's like, where are you? It's like, oh, God, fucking traffic. There's a big wreck. Uh, you know, some some uh-huh. idiot. It was a fucking an Asian woman, actually. Uh, she, you know. <laughs> caused a big wreck you saw you saw the person who caused the wreck i i just uh-huh. yeah uh-huh it was god yeah. it was crazy she had she had pooped her pants <laughs> and uh was was <laughs> waving them around uh above her head in the middle of the road and it caused a whole bunch yeah. of cars to crash. and that's as you can see why i have also pooped my pants mm-hmm. uh i had to swerve out of the way and uh just didn't have time but i also saved a child doing it so I'm sort of a hero. And where's your bathroom? Nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah, it got really elaborate. Um, <laughs> Do you, okay, before we move on, I have a question for you. Yes. Because when you're in situations like that, um, something is coming. It's not poop you know, situations going to happen, you know, right then and there. But right. Do you ever tell yourself that you can't just unload the second you walk in the bathroom because there might be somebody in the restroom? You need to be emotionally prepared to hold this for an even longer amount of time uh, or do you just like it, there better be nobody here because it's going to happen i think of the latter i think more of the latter for sure that's risky dude i mean yeah i understand oh uh, i know i think a weird noise is about to happen on the computer that could this could be bad <laughs> i'm excited now <laughs> I don't know. I'm just looking at the at the timeline over there. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I get very scared of... Oh, there it was. It was the lightning round sound effect. <laughs> it, was, it was left in the timeline from the last episode that we recorded. We do not have a lightning we don't, round. We don't have any sort of lightning round, uh, which would be... It would be spooky and fitting, potentially. Yeah. Uh, by the way, quick question. How did I start talking about not wanting to poop in front of your girlfriend you're usually good why at, did we talk yeah. about that because oh, we were talking about corn maze okay. you took care of the <laughs> yeah corn maze, the things you do to impress things, early in a relationship things, that's right. right yeah yeah so and, and she won't watch horror films with me so any of the horror films i have to go to the movie theater by myself and which i mean honestly not not too bad but yeah i, I mean i like going to the movie Back in back when movie theaters existed, I liked going uh-huh. by myself. You know, get some lunch and and a show. Yeah, but 
Bloomhouse, they've made some good movies. They've made some bad movies. They've made a game show. What did you like about this show? Oh, my gosh. First of all, the one of the challenges... I'm sorry, am Excuse I boring me. you? Am I boring you right no, now? No, you're not. One of the challenges, it's nice and warm in this room, and I'm just watching... You got a fireplace nice going? flurries go by the windows. The flurry zip, just stopped doo-dah. outside of my window, it appears. Oh, we still have quite a bit over here. Uh, I liked that one of the challenges was a person had to find severed limbs in a kitchen mm-hmm. and put them back onto a cadaver right. to complete this challenge. Same thing a cop would do. Uh, <laughs> yep. With some hot glue. Um, right. Some gorilla glue, yeah. as we have seen virally, is very successful but, at attaching. Ooh, yeah, gorilla glue. Make sure we get some gorilla parts. glue mentions in here so we can boost juice that algorithm people are searching all right. sorts of gorilla glue stuff right now yes so listen also, i i've styled my pubes with gorilla glue many a time <laughs> because i like it because it's permanent i don't have to do it again for a while right and i do need to because i know that our sponsor would be um uh, upset if i had not announce this but do not use any sort of gorilla glue to attach the poop shoot oh wow um, that that would will be, not be successful that would be upsetting for many reasons a second thing i liked i loved the running storyline through the how, entire challenge. how each of how the each challenge tied together yes i liked it that was very much the escape room aspect right. of it um, and those are my two likes. I have quite a few dislikes. Oh, what did you um, dislike? But I didn't like the Twisted Sisters. I didn't understand. That was what, what I said. Their backstory They're the Twisted was. Twins. Like, Can you please, for whatever. copy for copyright purposes, because we the did get twisted... a copyright strike because of some nonsense songs you played on our Name That Tune episode. <laughs> The twisted um, and you know what? Non-sisters. In terms of the legal department of Twisted Sister, they're not gonna take it. No, they ain't gonna take it. Right. They're not gonna take and it what's... anymore. Uh huh. Okay. Well, we right. I got it. I understand now. Um, I didn't like the walkie-talkie aspect. Oh yeah, we didn't mention this, and by that I mean me didn't mention this. Um, they're given. When the person is going out to complete their task, they're given a walkie-talkie, and the people in the elevator also have walkie-talkies, and they're watching them on the TV screen that is in there. And the all they basically do is, like, stay calm. Find the thing. Are you looking? Look yeah. around. Look. Hey, look. <laughs> look. Did you open the drawers? Look around. Look for the thing. <laughs> yeah, it would in Infuriate me if I am rushing through for five thousand dollars and you're on the other line saying, "Hey, just be, hey, relax, just be calm. You're okay. You're okay. Just be calm. You're okay." Uh, I probably would turn the walkie-talkie off. So I didn't like that. I didn't see the point of it. But that, um, but that's the same thing. Uh, you know, like in your, you've got a wife. I've got a wife. We've got relationships. It's the same thing when you like, you know, sometimes another person is upset and you recognize that they're upset but you don't really get why they're upset you know Uh and so you're like hey it's okay don't worry about it it's okay but you don't really know what you're saying you're just trying to calm them down you know it's the same sort of thing on the walkie-talkie end hey man it's cool listen just but but seriously you better fucking find this or you're gonna cost us seven thousand dollars right now (laughs) yeah no pressure, but there's quite a bit of money on the line. You idiot. Look in the damn drawers. I keep telling you. Quit acting all scared, you little bitch. <laughs> I'm in a thing called a elevator right now, okay? Yeah. Um, and then I thought we already talked about this, but I'll mention it. Keeping the one contestant locked away for n- the entire show. For, for no reason whatsoever? Yes. For that person who thinks they're going to compete on a game show is just told to go stand in the corner for an hour. <laughs> a hot corner, my A you. hot corner. And I'm not talking about third base. The baseball book right here behind me on the shelf. Third base, a.k.a. the hot corner. <laughs> um, yeah, that would be pretty infuriating if I thought I was going to be on a game show. And they're like, yeah, 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 your job for the 42 minutes, excluding the commercials here, 
is you're going to just stand over there and other people are going to do stuff and there's going to be walkie talkies and I'm going to be watching on screen. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. well, do I get a walkie talkie and I get to watch on screen? No, 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 not you. Only the people in the elevator get that. You're out of the elevator. You're in, you're in jail here. You do not pass go. This is a monopoly type of situation. Yeah. And so yeah, you're at you're the mercy hot, of these people. Jail. It's like, what if they just took the person who would, you know, who is probably going to be the best at solving puzzles. And they're like, actually, you don't get to solve puzzles. You're out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. I got 5% battery life left. So we got to wrap this up. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's how long you want to do. How long is your podcast? I don't know until the battery runs out. <laughs> <laughs> we're right at an hour okay this is uh this is good timing. this is professional as fuck yeah let's uh let's do our make it betters uh here's how i would make it better like i said i think i need a host that is more dynamic that is more and uh, like you could still have these twisted twins introduce it you could still have them be maybe the storytellers or something but i feel like there yeah. needs to be more energy somewhere yeah i get it it's a weird dichotomy of a whole bunch of screaming, scared people, and then back to the room where these girls use monotone puns to, I don't know, make fun of the contestants as they fail. Yeah, and I also felt like just in general, the editing, I kind of hit on this a little bit earlier. It feels like there's a, some editing trickery going on in terms of like the time limits left and what they have to do in the allotted time and where these sets are all set up it just i don't know it, the the way that they did the editing made it feel a little less frantic and suspenseful and i get they were trying to do yeah. it so it felt more like these found footage horror movie type of things that you know bloomhouse or whatever is famous for uh yeah but but it took a little bit away from the the pace and the franticness of what a game show might be yeah i definitely agree um, what what do you have any make it betters? Uh, yeah, I do. I, I have two. One of them was make each challenge include all or most of the contestants. There was one challenge, and I'm gonna go back on the walkie-talkie, but just for this one instance, okay. the person inside the elevator yeah. had a list of ingredients that they had to read to the other person in the room who was frantically looking for them. I thought that was a good use of all of the contestants. Yep for one challenge and the walkie talkies. I was like, okay, I get the walkie talkies for this part. Um, so I think you should use everybody in the challenge at one point. Uh, don't just keep people away in an inferno or just waiting in the elevator. Um, I felt like that was a stronger, fun challenge to watch. Yep. And then I said, give a slight backstory for these twisted non sisters, twins, they're sisters. They're just a twin. They're a specific type of sister. The Twisted Swisters. Yes. The Swisted Twins. Yes. Um, yeah, I give them some sort of backstory. I don't care about these girls at all. And I could, but I, I don't. So make me care, Blumhouse. Okay. I like it. I think those would make it better. I would give this, an, on a buzzer scale, I'm yeah. giving this a 1.75 buzzers. I think that's the first wow. time I've gone to a quarter scale. But yeah, I'm giving it a 1.75 buzzers. I'm giving it three buzzers. Wow. I thoroughly enjoyed watching this. Uh, again, there were quite a few flaws that made me furl uh, my brow mm-hmm. while watching. And that took me out of the f- fun setup and themes that this, this show creates. Right. But aside from that, uh, I also think I do like watching people be screamed, uh, sorry, scared and right. tortured. I think that's a fun thing for me to watch and normal as well. Oh, okay. I was going to say, um, I've got somebody you can talk to about that if you need to. Ooh, ooh, you know somebody who can send me waterboarding f- clips? Wait, no, 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 no. That was, that was not what I was saying. The opposite. Oh. You want me to send you my waterboarding clips. Yep. All right. Uh, that's going to wrap up our episode on Elevator, our first remote episode. <laughs> we'll see how this goes. I don't know if this is going to mm-hmm. line up or edit properly, but we'll see. Um, yeah. This has been Elevator. It's a show that you can, if you go to, 
to the Sling TV Facebook page. They've got one full uh-huh. episode, the season two premiere posted on there. If you're looking to watch an episode of Elevator, there are some clips on YouTube. Unfortunately, there's also a K-pop song called Elevator. So it's very difficult to find <laughs> because K-pop has taken over the fucking world. So you're going to find a uh-huh. lot of that song, Elevator, by some K-pop band. Until next time, check us out on Instagram at Come On Down Show. Email us at comeondownshow at gmail.com if you've got any reason to email us. If you've got any sick waterboarding clips you want to share, um, <laughs> that's probably a good way to do it. Uh-huh. Otherwise, we will see you guys next time, maybe from a blizzard again. Who knows? Mm. Mm, that's how you're going to sign off with a mm. Goodbye, everybody. Next episode on Heaven and Elevator. Don't get hysterical.